Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. Wow. I have to say, I am so excited to have you in front of me. You're such a beautiful woman who I haven't seen in a very long time face to face, but to see you in front of me on the screen, it's absolutely amazing. I'm just going to introduce you. Scarlett Fitzgerald is a self-love and sensuality coach on a mission to empower women to embrace their sensuality, stand in their power, live their truth, and unapologetically love themselves. Oh, so powerful, so beautiful. And to be honest, knowing you, so you. Now I met you, gosh, it must be about six years ago, we met at a conference and it was love at first sight. I remember after like three days, I think it was that, you know, we just felt like, oh my gosh, how can we say goodbye to each other? There was just this soul connection. Um, and even when I listen to what you're doing now and I and I watch you thrive, I I know the seeds that were already there and it's so beautiful to see them blossom over time. So thank you for joining me in conversation today. And now I met you as Yelena. So I want to know how and why the transformation to Scarlet. How did that happen? Talk to me about that shift. Thank you, darling. Uh, it's so beautiful to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been an incredible journey. I <laughs> um, went on a deep personal transformation, and uh, my coach, who is Kate Harlow, um, an incredible coach, um, teaches this concept of the saboteur and the heroine. So the saboteur is the parts of you that don't let you be yourself don't let you live your best life. And the heroine is your truth. So when I got on a discovery call with her, when I was start, just undergoing my journey, um, she she asked me, and what would your heroine's name be? And without thinking about it, the words just came out of my mouth. I was like, she's Scarlet. And, and I had no idea where that came from. Um, but it, 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 I knew in that moment when, when she said those words, I knew in that moment that that was the true me hiding inside of Yelena. Mm. So when wow. I went on the, on the retreat in Italy with her, that's where she started doing them. Um, that's who I became. Everybody called me that. And so actually everybody in my transformation journey circle has been calling me Scarlet for almost four years now. <laughs> Uh, but wonderful. this is this is my big coming out, I guess, <laughs> to the public as Scarlet. Um, yes. And it just it just feels like stepping into the full expression of who I am. Um, and mm. it feels it feels really fantastic to to decide who I want to be. You know, it's our names mm. are given to us by by our parents um, and we never question it. And. I do love the name Elaine. I think it's a beautiful name, but yes. I love being able to choose who consciously who I am. So I feel like, you know, stepping into someone that feels truly authentic to me is, is saying, Hey, you know, we don't have to just take whatever we're given. We can consciously choose who we choose to be. Yes. Yes. I love that story. And, you know, there are a few people that I've known in my life who've changed their names, but there are very few that it feels so natural to call you Scarlet doesn't even feel like, hang on, are you Yelena? Are you Scarlet? It just rolls off the tongue and it, you really do Thank embody you. the energy of what I feel that name brings, you know. So I think Thank that's you. wonderful. And I think it's really powerful um, the way you phrased it, to be able to consciously choose or decide who we want to be. And by taking that name, that represents that frequency. So I go by Simone. Everyone knows me as Simone Niles. Um, having said that, i that's my middle name. A lot of people don't know this, but my first name is Melanie. And there were a lot of people in my childhood where I grew up that would have called me Melanie in school. Um, and it all came about through some kind of paperwork. But even though Melanie, there was a point in my life that after a while, it felt 
felt like that was my name as well. Just as easily as someone would say Simone or Melanie, I'd turn around. But having the last 15 years, maybe even a little bit more than that, really um, resonating with Simone, which is what my closest and dearest people call me, my family, my husband, my, you know, everyone calls me Simone, who's really close and dear to me. Melanie, actually, the resonance of that no longer feels as congruent. I honor the name. I love the name. I, I have an expression of it. But if someone calls me Melanie now, it feels very different in terms of what I feel I cultivate as Simone. So I completely relate, though they were both my given names, I completely relate to what you're saying about the frequency of name. And, yes. you know, I think that's that's stunning that you choose, consciously choose where you want this frequency and resonance to be in that name. So welcome to the world, Scarlett. Thank Woo! you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I, well, I love it. It feels like a very party. Yeah, it feels like a very sensual name. And um, it, it really, you know, it, it's not when when the words came out of my mouth, I was like, where did that come from? Because it's not it, it's not for, you know, Scarlett O'Hara or Scarlett Johansson or any of the of famous Scarlets. I think it's the color. Right. Red has always been my color, especially scarlet red. So I think that's where that came from. And it's just the embodiment of this uh, passionate, sensual energy. And, and so having it in my name just feels right. Yes, it looks right too. <laughs> I always loved you in red, you know this. And in fact, I remember way back, I know you've done this for, for me in the past. Um, I think it might've been when I first met you. We had, I had some image consultancy stuff happening. You did my colors to let me know what's the palette that works best with my complexion and what's the kind of That's colors right. of clothing that would really complement. So of course I know that you started as an image consultant. Tell me what inspired you over the years to become a coach. What, how did you make that transformation yourself absolutely yes so as you know I started doing image consulting back in 2012 um, and so that that was you know that was my business for for a number of years um, and as an image consultant what I do is uh, bring out somebody's natural beauty and align it to, mm. to what what is showing up on the outside so I was really yeah. trained well and and kind of the way that I did my business was always um, not to be prescriptive with what I told women to wear. I, I don't follow fashion trends necessarily or anything like that. It was about figuring out who the woman is in front of me and making mm. sure that that beauty shines on the outside. My, my talent, I would always say my talent is to see the, the potential in someone and then show mm. them mm. that potential so that they, they see it themselves and believe it too. And so I've always been drawn to that work but after going through my personal transformation with Kate that, that I shared earlier about, um, I realized that sometimes because of our conditioning, because of all the things that we have learned from society, because of all the pressures, because of all the things, who we think we are is not necessarily who we actually are. And yeah. it takes a lot of deep work and deep digging to truly understand who we are. So mm. I, I felt like I had to share that with my clients and go there and go even deeper. And that's why I decided to start coaching. Um, and mm. through, through studying under Kate and, and then learning, you know, I went, I went crazy with it. You know, I read every book, I, I did all the trainings, I did all the things. Um, and then really I was my best student. You know, I, I applied all mm. of that to my own life. Um, to to live my truth finally after all yeah. these years, um, and I, I just I feel called to 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 do this work to help women truly align who they are and show that on the outside. So what I'm doing currently in my business is actually uh, doing the deep inner work to figure out who they are, and then using mm -hmm. all of my image consulting background to actually help them truly embody fully embody that on the outside so so it's a very deep transformational journey from from the inner work to the outer work mm -hmm. what a wonderful marriage of two things i think that's amazing i know i know even for myself personally you know we have either the expressions of dress dress, not just to impress, but dress how you want to feel, you know, wear what, you know, and I think that's so important. But equally, if you don't actually know what you're wanting to bring forth, or you're wanting to express, 
which is why I completely relate and love that you're doing the inner work and the, you know, the deeper work to help people figure those things out. And as you know, in my business, I do, I work a lot in alignment. It's really helping people align the inner and outer so they can find more meaning and, you know, alignment in their work and their life. And what I love is that you're focusing on the sensuality and that inner and outer expression. So I would wonder if there are any tips kind of right off the bat, if there is one tip perhaps that you think, I feel really out of alignment. A woman comes to you. I don't know who I am anymore. I've been doing this and that. I don't feel myself. And I can feel that I'm not dressing in the way that I really want to. How? What, what's one of the first things you might do or a good tip for anyone listening who could think, how could I start this journey? Absolutely. Um, honestly, the, the first thing to do is get quiet. Mm. Is get quiet. Is Yeah. yeah. <laughs> To turn off all the noise, the outside noise, because that's really what it's about is learning to trust our intuition. We have all the answers. And, you know, before I did the work myself, I really didn't believe that. <laughs> um, you know, I relied heavily on my mind my whole life. And, uh, and now I understand that our intuition, our body holds all the wisdom that we will ever need. Um, the problem yeah. is learning to tap into it. So that's part of that. That's that's a big chunk of what I do in the in the program. Um, is yeah, helping helping people tap into that inner knowing. Um, it's not about what I think you should do or what anybody thinks yeah. you should do. It's about get, shutting all that noise out and and truly yeah. going within. So the first step I would say is truly take some time off the noise, go for a walk without the headphones, without your phone, without any distractions, you know, go sit out on the balcony in the morning sun and close your eyes and just be, just be, mm. you know, uh, there, there's it, a lot of people are scared at first of, you know, meditation and it just feels overwhelming. And then it's like, oh, I can't shut off my mind. That's fine. Try, just try anyway. Mm. Just sit and be yeah. and don't put any pressure on yourself. Just sit and listen. Just listen to, to whatever is going on inside. And that will start to give you some indications of where you mm -hmm. actually want to be. And I think part of the reason we as a society don't do that is because we don't often like the dissonance that we find, right? Then yes. that the whispering yeah. inside starts to say, I want more, I want something else. And it's like, oh, no, I don't know how to do that. No way. You know, and so then we just mm. stuff it down. We put it away. So yeah. this work begins with admitting to yourself that there's some voice inside that says something, something else. Yeah. Well, I have to say that I love that you went there. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm so glad that you did because I think often, you know, as a coach myself, I understand the philosophy behind, or let's say the coaching philosophy that the client has all the resources within them. And a, a, a coach would really ask key questions or, you know, powerful questions to help bring that out. But before you get to asking questions, it's so important to get still. And I love that you did not bypass that step and just went into, well, ask yourself all these questions because if you ask yourself the questions, you're, you, the answers might be screaming out at you, but you don't hear them. Yeah. So getting into that first step of silence, I love it. Take the distractions away, get into that space of silence, take a moment, whether it's um, a, a practice of, medica of med medication, no meditation or not, it is about slowing down. And for me, meditation very much is the, the idea that people feel like we have to shut our minds off is not really to me what the practice of meditation is about personally. It is about letting the thoughts pass and not holding on to them and not giving them any power in those moments and just allowing ourselves to get in touch with our body and our breath or mantras or whichever way you prefer to meditate, right? So mm -hmm. that silence piece is phenomenal because before you get to the questions, you need to be able to hear or at least sense that voice, that intuition, that's going to give you the answers yes. in the first place. Yes. And so um, I'd like to share my way of meditating yes. <laughs> because mm. it didn't, it didn't involve sitting down on, on a cushion and, and meditating. Mm. Um, I found meditation through dance. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. 
So that's actually where I discovered Scarlet was on the dance floor. Um, dancing is something that I've been passionate about my whole entire life. And then, you know, I didn't do it for a long time because it wasn't the proper thing to do as a good wife, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I rediscovered it. And for me, dance is the ultimate expression embodiment. Um, so it's the, it's the place for me where it's easiest to shut off my, my mind and go into my body. And so when I started to dance, and I do mostly partner dancing, when I started to dance and, you know, the, the music and the beautiful connection and your body is moving, and I would close my eyes, and that's when I started to hear myself. That's where that happens. So to me, that's that's where the meditation happens. It's moving meditation. Yes, I, yes. I can hear myself clearly when I'm dancing. So that is what I found for myself as a place to, to hear my thoughts. I'm so glad you shared that because it's, it really is poignant that we have to get away from thinking that there is the right way to sit and sit on a cushion and sit in a lotus position and get this posture. That's the right and only way to meditate. I know for myself, singing and sounding, and I can just go on and off to some different world for a few hours in that space. That feels like meditation for me. Sometimes actually, which, which is funny that my husband said to me once, um, I go into a trance to myself when I'm cleaning my house. When I just go into something that's just unconscious and I'm just getting things done, I just go into my thoughts. I've heard of so many artists or writers or poets finding their best ideas sitting on the toilet, right? So we know that this is coming into our body and or uh, releasing the hold on our thoughts and just going into a space of emptiness or spaciousness is meditation in whatever shape or form that is. But as an artist, musician myself, I completely relate to you talking about dance and movement. And I grew up in a culture where dancing and movement, I mean, I dance every day, um, that it's just part of, mm -hmm. you know, releasing and letting go and all yes. of that. So finding that space, how wonderful, how wonderful. Thank you for making that point. It's, it's incredibly important, I think, for anyone listening who thinks, oh, I don't want to get into meditation, but I do want to figure out what's going on inside so that I can now come out and just shine that in the way that I express myself outwardly so I think that's really cool um, I want to know because I checked out your website and I know that your brand is Scarlet Sirens and I love sirens by the way I love the whole um, I don't want to say um, not necessarily because I know there are quite a few um, ideas around what a siren is mm -hmm. but when you go a bit deeper in the story I love the whole feature of what that brings and what it embodies so what is Scarlet Sirens tell me about that yeah yeah um, well, so honestly, I've been kind of obsessed with sirens since the ninth grade, like Greek mythology class, yes. right? Because yeah. there were these mysterious creatures, these women who were both feminine, incredibly feminine and, and alluring and powerful, right? So that combination has always fascinated me of, of how to be feminine and powerful at the same time. Um, and, and this journey has taken me down that path of figuring out how to be powerful in our femininity and our sensuality. Mm. Um, so to me, a siren has natural power and she doesn't have to learn how to do it. She just has to exude it. And that, mm. is, that is the state that, that I want women to be in, that I want them to feel like they don't have to go and find it from someone else, that they already have it. A siren is yeah. mesmerizing and magnetic. That's that's her power, right? Irresistible. Mm. And that, for a woman to feel like she walks in the world as someone who is absolutely magnetic to whatever she desires, mm. That is the state of mind that I want. I want my my clients to be in, and the women around me to be in. Um, so, my belief is that every woman has that inner siren, and the program that that I have, I help her kind of, you know, embody it, uh, come bring it forth. So, Scarlet Sirens are my graduates. <laughs> the women who go through my program uh, become become these these embodied uh, women who are who are sirens yeah. and of course you know there's a lot of uh, 
folklore about about sirens, you know, that could be taken in a, in, a, in a negative connotation, you know, so intention matters behind that power, mm -hmm. right? So what I'm talking about here with sirens is self-empowerment, not power over anybody else, but that yes. self-empowerment. So turning all of that power and love onto the self. So mm -hmm. loving, accepting yourself, feeling into your truth, knowing how to walk in the world with boundaries and, and understanding of who you are and not apologizing for it anymore. So that, that's mm. who a siren is to me. Um, so yeah, my, my, my ladies are sirens to me. You know, they're, they're queens, goddesses, and sirens because they all have that natural power inside them and all they need to do is give themselves permission to bring it out yeah yeah that's so beautiful i'd be curious to ask you in your opinion working with women in this way where do you think the apologies are born so we want people to unapologetically just oh this is who i am why do you feel women want to apologize for all of that power and you know magnetism and all of this? yes oh this is such a good question such a big question it's actually one of the I'm first sure. things we explore in the program is, is where do okay. these beliefs come from? Um, a lot of it, I mean, society, right? But what does that mean, society? Mm. So culturally, um, religions, you know, um, patriarchy, uh, all of these belief systems that tell women that we are supposed to be givers, that we are supposed to... Um, put everybody else first, that putting yourself first is selfish and inappropriate, and that's not what a good woman does. Um, so if, if we had, and you know, uh, any, in the, in the past, a, a woman who was powerful and, and knew her mind and spoke her mind was labeled a witch and burned at the stake. Yeah. So yeah. There, has been <laughs> there has been a lot of fear around a woman who is in her power because a woman who is in her power in the, in a feminine way is yes. extremely, extremely powerful. Um, and mm -hmm. that's scary to a lot of people. And so it has been over time, over centuries, uh, squashed down. So to come out from under it, you know, it, it's not, it's not anybody's fault. We are, we're conditioned from, from the time we're a little girl. You know, don't be so loud. Sit down. You know, girls don't do that. There are so many messages that we receive from starting from when we're young. And then, you know, look at any Disney movie or romantic comedy. You know, the girl can't go out and do whatever she wants. She's sitting there and waiting for a prince to come in and rescue prince her. To rescue her. Meaning yeah. to her life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. So, yeah. so there's so much, I mean, it's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know, there's, there's so okay. much of that uh, underneath and it's, it's a little bit different for everybody, depending on your family and the messages that you were taught in your family and, and so on. So for each woman, it's a little bit different and learning to understand those voices. That's a key part of where mm -hmm. did my story come from in my mind? Where did, where did it originate? And is it truly yes. mine? And is it true? And yeah. the answer is usually no, it's not mine, and no, it's not true. Yeah. And then, and then the work begins of okay, so yeah. what is true? I'm for willing. Me? I'm willing and ready <laughs> to change that story. Yeah. I'm ready to rewrite that and claim the power and shift that. It's a, you know, it's not an easy path, but it's so needed. So and needed. I feel that the more. The more we do this, the better the world would be. And I don't want to sound it, make it sound cliche because I really believe that women need to stand up more and, and step into their power more, but also celebrate each other when we are in that power. Yes. Um, because you know, if you're not yes, if you're not yet shifted into yours, it can also be quite um, I don't know, intimidating mm -hmm. when women are in theirs. And it's yes. important to celebrate that and lift each other up. We're not in a place of judgment. We're just in a place of evolving and, you know, this evolution and this transformation. And it requires a maturity. It requires a need and a want and a willingness. 
um, and you know, a, a willingness to go deep and look deep within, as you said, to the dissonance that might be lurking underneath. Because mm -hmm. dissonance, certainly from a sound and sound therapy perspective, dissonance is important. It helps to shift stuck energy. Mm -hmm. So before you get into this harmony, and I, I know that you are a brilliant pianist as well. So you know about mm -hmm. music and you understand how dissonance works in music and how it can create an edginess so that when there's a resolve, Mm -hmm. The body just feels it. The, the body, the soul, the mind, we just relax into something different. So I really want to encourage women to be okay and be brave and courageous and daring to see that dissonance as just part of the process Absolutely. as opposed to something to fear. I say this with a pinch of salt. I know it's easier said than done, but I really wish this, um, and, you know, and I'm sure for the women that you work with, this is a lot of what you do. Yes, absolutely. And so um, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, um, how to be in this energy around other women. That's one of the, the key pillars in my work. So I kind of um, believe that there are three main pillars in, in, my, in the work that I do. It's self-love, which is coming to full acceptance and, and love for yourself, which is easier said than done and, and requires a lot of that uh, deep inner reflection and, and not running away from the dissonance, not hiding from that yeah. dissonance. Um, it's sensuality, which in my definition, people ask me about this all the time, you know, sensuality, not the same thing as sexuality. Sensuality is using your senses to be embodied. So sensuality mm. is all about being in the present moment. We, as a society, live either in the past or the future. We're constantly chasing the next thing or we're, you know, in analysis of the past. But really learning to be present, that is what sensuality is. And the third mm. pillar is sisterhood. And Beautiful. that is probably the biggest part of, of doing this work. Mm. not alone right so in the program it's it's not just me who is who is guiding and leading through the work but it's the other sisters in in the group that yes. get to witness your growth and you get to witness theirs and a lot of the learning happens by watching your sisters go through their personal journey because it's much easier to see the dissonance when you know someone and they're going through it in front of you, you can see it and they may be in their mind, but it's very clear to you what's happening. And then that helps you with your own journey. Sisterhood is so powerful. It's so powerful. Mm. And, you know, if you think about society back way, way, way back, that's how women were. They were in community. They were, yeah. they were, they, they did everything in community, right? We used as women used to, your children together and cook together and, and, and have rituals together. And we went away from all of that. So, you know, the, the feminine energy in our society is missing. So mm. having sisterhood is bringing us back to that feeling of love and support for one another. And when you go through this type of journey together with other women, there is no competition in there. There is no there's yeah. none of the stuff that we've learned to associate with, you know, women and cattiness and all that stuff. There's none of that because yeah. you yeah. love your sisters like like chosen family. And, mm -hmm. and it's so incredibly powerful and beautiful to witness. So, yeah, those are those are I the three this. big, big pillars for me. And I mean, I know that self-love is also a very big topic. And I talk about that a lot in my work. And I talk about, you know, loving yourself and creating the frequency in yourself so that you can attract what you want elsewhere, right? And so what do you think is the biggest struggle in this area for the women that come to you? Because I know that there are a lot of um, components. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. make it a really small, um, it's not a small topic, but I'm just curious in your experience so far, what do you think is the biggest struggle in loving self? I think we get the messaging from an early age that loving self is selfish. Right. Um, and, and, and we're told that selfish is like this terrible thing that, that, that you're self-centered. Um, 
And I don't mm. believe that self-centered is the same thing as loving yourself. Self, They're self completely care as well and loving yourself. <laughs> of course they are. Yes. So uh, the, the, the truth is, um, because of what we're taught that, you know, we're supposed to give, give, give until, until we have mm. nothing left. And so many women are operating in this state of being where they're empty. They've given as much yeah. of themselves as possible and they're just surviving on a day to day rather than learning how to, to give to yourself so that your cup is filled with, with the things that make you feel more alive, that make you feel like you have mm. fuel in, in your tank, and then giving from that place. And then loving and caring and sharing and doing all the things for everyone from a place of more, more balance in your, in your own self. Mm. Um, giving from a place of depletion is actually not serving anyone. No. Because giving from obligation it doesn't feel good to the receiver either. Or if it does, that, that's a whole another conversation, you know. But uh, yeah. really, yeah, lear learning to treat yourself the way you do your loved ones mm -hmm. should not be seen as selfish. It's not selfish. Yeah. It, it's, of course not. Yeah. It's vital. I mean, it's really mm -hmm. vital to... to living and thriving and, and feeling alive every day. If you don't give to yourself, you teach others not to either. And so then, then there's nothing coming in. You have to yeah. believe that you deserve to love yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's something that my mom always said to us and it was to have an overflowing cup. So the idea is that you give from the overflow and your cup is always full. So it's not even not even just having a full cup, which I hear often, you know, fill up your cup and then, you know, but if your cup is full and you're giving out of that full cup, it, then it goes down mm -hmm. as you mm -hmm. dish out and give out. But if you have an overflowing cup, which is the self-care, the self-love, the, yes. you know, putting yourself first. Um, you know, treating yourself with the respect and love that you treat others and all the things that you've just said, then there's plenty to go around. And as you said, easier said than done. I have to say, even in my own experience of being able to take time for myself, but it mostly came through mothering and motherhood as opposed to general. Um, having said that, there is a point where, yes, you are a mother and you are also a woman. And that is parallel to motherhood. That isn't that you have your kids and then all of a sudden you can go back to being this woman that you might have been prior. You are a woman and a mother. And those yes. two things can be married beautifully. And that was something that I learned over time. I have to say I was very lucky to have a supportive um, other whole who would say, take time for yourself. Don't, mm. don't worry about this. Don't even think about that. Or, you know, just, you know, give me the slap in the face when I was like, I need to do this. No, go and spend some time by yourself. I was so fortunate. Not every woman has that. Um, but what that has helped me remind me to do is to do it for myself and to mm -hmm. really focus on that so that I can be there more um, in quality for the people around me and the people that I serve, whether that's my children, my family, my clients, whoever. Um, and so I completely relate and I love mm -hmm. that you're you're really digging into the the nuggets of what needs to come forth. And I hope people listening are picking up these things. And even if it's just igniting the questions, OK, well, I get that. But how there's a lot of how and help. So don't let the questions go on the side. Don't push down the dissonance. Ask those questions. And as we said at the start, go into silence and just start to sit with yourself and be and see what wants to come forth. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's a huge piece. You know, when, when we ask women, describe yourself, tell us about yourself, right? Usually the first things are, well, I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I work here and I do this and it's all about what she does. And mm. if you ask her, okay, so outside of those roles that you're playing in, in life, who are you? That question sometimes crickets right? Because maybe she hasn't even asked herself that. Um, and of course, you know, when, when she digs deeper, she, she understands and discovers. And sometimes it's like this mind-blowing 
realization like oh my gosh you know at my heart and at my core I'm, I'm i'm an artist i'm a creative and i need to express that every day of my life you know that was that was me that was what i realized mm. you know i need to create every single day of my life to feel like i'm living my best life mm. and if i don't do that then then it, something does doesn't feel quite right so each woman is individual is exciting is unique is divine is is exactly who she was created to be and and we've just forgotten so this process is about remembering who we are you know it, it's it's yeah. um kate harlow says it's coming home it's coming home yeah right yeah. It, it's not not just living our life as if you know we're going to play this role and then at the end we get to start all over doing us like we only have yeah. the one you know at least in this consciousness here in this moment yeah. um so yeah. this is it so if you feel like oh I'll, I'll do that thing that i dream about later or when i retire or you know whenever that's an indication that your soul is already crying out for something it's already mm -hmm. wanting something and, and you're telling it to wait but it's your soul yeah yeah don't don't leave it yeah. behind mm. yeah another another saying that i grew up with is the soul knows and the rest of you just needs to catch up mm -hmm. yes you know yeah I, I very much relate i i've probably said that like a thousand times in my lifetime already because it really resonates with me um and i wanted to kind of touch on that what you're saying because I again in the work that I think a lot of people whether it's coaches healers or people who help people to transform I think um, I will generalize and say that what we what the commonality and understanding around a lot of this work is that we at our essence are truly beautiful perfect this is the essence of who we truly are and all the things that we're wanting to shift is just peeling back those layers to reveal the gem that's already existed. And that's, you know, just, just there yes. waiting to be, to be seen. And, and we know that with that gem um, and the peeling back of layers, there is, you know, peeling back and going over the things that might've happened in our lives that have been hard, whether it's something traumatic or, you know, the conditioning, as you've mentioned, and all of those things, it takes time and willingness and work. But in the, in the end, we all have this beautiful essence that exists within us all. I truly believe it. Um, and in the potential of all human beings being able to, you know, rediscover that. Yes. Not yes. necessarily the capability or capacity, but the potential. And it certainly is a big wish of mine um, for that to be the case. In fact, I want to ask you now, because it certainly is my definition of healing, is that healing, coming back to who we are, as you say, Kate said, coming home, for me, it's coming back to our truest essence. So what would you say, if anything different, is your definition of healing? <laughs> to me, healing is deciding to suffer less, mm. right? So, you know, I come, I was born in Russia, and, and the Russian culture is, is, is all about suffering you know it's it, it's something it's we almost like wear it with pride you know oh this oh this is bad and this hurts and oh you know um and, and i think for the for the most part or for, for most of my life at least um we because we are you know thinking about what other people think of us or what we should be doing and you know so there's a lot of suffering that gets created as a result like oh i didn't do that right mm. oh this person is going to be mad at me oh this and that and the other right and we create this suffering we allow the suffering to mm -hmm. occur in in our mind um you know and that's in addition to illnesses and, and trauma and, and all of the rest course. of it but just the daily even things that we fret about and worry about especially if you're prone to um anxiety like I am, mm -hmm. you know, that's like, that's a part of me that doesn't go away. But for me, heal the healing journey has been about reducing that kind of suffering to as little mm -hmm. as possible, right? To, to making different choices instead of sitting in it, like, oh, 
I I messed up at work and and now I'm just gonna sit in it and feel bad about myself and beat myself up some more <laughs> instead yeah, of doing that. Yeah. It's knowing, okay, all right, so that didn't go well. What did I learn from it? And also, I forgive myself. And that can mm. be a very difficult thing for people to, yeah, to come of to, course. right? Uh, I forgive myself um, and moving on from that. So, so that has been kind of a, a major focus for me in my healing journey mm-hmm. is lot loving myself and accepting myself and forgiving myself no matter what I did or what I thought or what I felt like I did wrong um and and truly truly feeling into that um and I I have to say you know over the past couple years where I would have taken you know weeks or months to sit in the suffering about something uh you know now it can be hours or even minutes sometimes and then I say okay all right I let myself feel it and and I move forward and that's a huge part of it as well is is allowing yourself to feel the feelings right that's a big big part Mm. of the work is not stuffing it away we are often taught to put uncomfortable feelings Mm. yeah yeah so it, it it is truly you know if if you're feeling like oh I messed up and like let let yourself feel all that and once you do, it's it's done. It's gone. So move it through mm. your body, let it out, release it, and move forward. Rather yeah. than st- the more we stuff it, the more it just sits there, like like a you know infection. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I I speak about emotion in that way. Emotion is energy in motion, yes. and that's all. And so yes, letting the energy move through you rather than trying to hold on to it and stuff it into a space then where it then becomes manifest into something uncomfortable in it in your body. Just let it through, let it flow through you. But I wanted to kind of touch on what you said, because I really love I, I haven't had that take on healing before, which I really love this um, deciding to suffer less. I think that's very potent. It speaks to the many people that either I've spoken to or read about who have been given their death sentence, whether it's in the hospital or this is, you know, near, near our death experiences, who said, I decided to live, mm-hmm. you know, and there is something really beautiful in that piece of a conscious decision that you are not going to accept what, you know, cards you were dealt. You're going to decide to, to suffer less, to do something yeah. else. But also in that, I, I can hear and sense from you this, when you can decide and make this decision to decide to suffer less, you're also surrendering to, as you said, just let it be, just don't fight it. Surrendering to what I think ultimately is this natural innate um, healing mechanism that we all have, whether that's a physical one, a mental one, a spiritual one, however you wanna look at it. We are born, we get a cut, we don't, you know, the cut gradually heals itself and either leaves a scar or just goes completely away. This isn't something that we have to teach ourselves to do. This is just a natural physical ability in our body, which I believe happens energetically and in other ways as well. So I think that decision really cultivates a new path and, and opens the doors to a new way of feeling and being that then allows the innate nature of healing to just take over. So I love your way of, of coming in. I really love that approach. So thank you for sharing that. I think thank it's you. gonna be interesting for a lot of people, but also it gives everyone something very practical. Mm-hmm. You know, I have such a bad headache, everything's so awful right now. Decide to suffer less. In that moment, what would be the first step you could take to suffer less? Breathe. You know, do the things that might ease your headache, whether it's drinking more water, if it's dehydration, if it's something else and you need to take uh, medication, then that's your choice. Whatever you do, you do. You're making a decision to suffer less. I so love that. I'm going to be like flying with that from now on. I think it's an amazing, an amazing approach to it. So I really appreciate that, that take. And so I know you teach a lot of people and help a lot of people to um, to go, you know, overcome obstacles in their life and in the many different ways that you do. And I'm curious about you, like some of the obstacles that you may have encountered in your life and maybe one or two ways that you've used to overcome them so far. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, obstacles. Well, so <laughs> I call myself a recovering people pleaser. Um, and that's, that's a lot of my journey is you know, getting yeah. away from that and, and, you know, finally doing things in my life that I want to do 
because I want to do them mm-hmm. and not feeling like I have to do everything that everybody asks. Um, so yeah. I, hopefully that that's relatable to a lot of the women listening or anyone listening. Um, so some of the challenges with that are boundaries, right? So yes. boundaries are such a huge uh, challenge for, for many people. Um, so that has been a, a tremendous, tremendous part growth for me um, mm. is establishing healthy boundaries in my life. So, you know, when, let's say, uh, three different friends call you on the same night and they really need, you know, something and they're like, oh, just, you know, five minutes of your time, blah, blah, blah. So, and you're thinking, oh my God, like, I just need a quiet moment. I had a 10 hour work day. Like, I just need a moment. Self-love and boundaries is literally just saying, okay, I can't give to my friends right now because I have nothing. I am depleted and I need to take a moment to refill my, my tank. And then yes. I can actually be there for them and, and give them give them the, the value that they deserve to get from me. Absolutely. That is the that is the thing. So I have really been doing the work with that, with establishing the healthy boundaries um, and putting mm. putting them in place. And at first, this is the thing that happens when you start putting boundaries up. Other people don't like it. Other people who are used to you always doing what they say. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it. So yes. you have to be okay with that. And that that's part like that's where the sisterhood is so important. And you're like, oh my God, yes. but, but, you know, my family, my friends, they're, they, they're mad at me or, you know, and, and then the sisters say, no, stand your ground. You have put up reasonable, healthy boundaries and they will learn to understand and accept Absolutely. them. And, or and not, but that's or also not. okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you said that or not. Right. And so um, a lot of my friendships actually changed over the past several yes. years. You know, I really, I recognized where. There were people in my life who always expected me to give and never reciprocated. Well, mm. they're no longer part of my life, and and that is yeah, uh, yes. And then the those who those who do want to be a part of your life, they 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 do they they accept it. They and actually, what I found is they respect it more and they value your time even more. So when you put mm. up those healthy boundaries, not only are you serving yourself and, and you are in a better place, but your friends also yes. know what to expect. When a yes is a yes, then they know it's a true yes. And when it's a no, mm. they know that there's a reason that you've said no, that you have to take care of yourself. But when it's a yes, yes. it's it's an honest yes, and they can trust that. And that's huge yes. in, a, in a friendship or in any relationship is knowing mm-hmm. that and knowing that the person is not doing something out of obligation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes, I like you um, have. I mean, I've for a long time, I think, especially being an entrepreneur and working for myself, I've had to learn even in that setting. You know, our children grew up with us working from home. Both my husband and I, you know, work for ourselves and set the space up in a way that we could do what we needed to do. And so there were points where the door is open, you can come in anytime. And there were points where no, mom's at work. Because when you're at home, often people don't recognize that. I had friends who would think, oh, I can call Simone, she's home. And I'm like, no, I'm at work. You might think that I'm at home because I'm in my house, but this is my workspace. And when I'm at work, just like I wouldn't call someone else who's in a corporate office working nine to five, any time of the workday, it's the same principle. But you have to, and it comes back to what you've said and, and repeated many times, teach people how to treat you. Yes. I take full responsibility for those things. Mm-hmm. So the boundaries that are in place are really important. They're really, really important because it cultivates much healthier relationships to self and to others. And I do agree with you that sisterhood is incredibly important in this. I've had a few friends say to me, you know, it took me a little bit of getting used to because I used to think you just, and then you didn't. And then I felt away. And then I'll say, oh, I'm so glad you were able to communicate that to me because me doing that was not about you. But I'm glad that you were able to recognize that, come to terms with that, and still come to me knowing that when I can show up, I will be 110% there for you because that's just how I am. 
So I love that you are bringing the sisterhood into it and some friendships will thrive in that way, like ours, I'm sure. And then some, well, you know, we outgrow people and mm -hmm. ways of being. So this is just the nature of life, right? The Absolutely. nature of the beast, as they say. <laughs> yes, right. And not, and not holding on to things like that, that no longer serve us and we're just trying to hold on yeah. for the sake of it. You know, it, it's a constant mm. reassessment of is this is this an alignment with my life right now? And if it yeah. is, if it's a yes, then it's a clear it yes. Isn't. And yeah. if, if if there's some some feeling inside that it's a no, then that's worth looking into. A hundred percent. Oh, my heart is full. <laughs> it's so <laughs> wonderful to speak to you. Where can people find you online, Scarlett? So my website is scarletsirens.com and uh, mm -hmm. the same, the same thing. So on Facebook, it's Scarlet Sirens is the, is the page. And then I have a private Facebook group as well. Um, that's called Scarlet Sirens. The Central Sisterhood is the, is the Facebook page and Scarlet Sirens on Instagram. Um, and yeah, um, they can always, you know, message okay. me directly on any of those, any no of those accounts. Yeah. Um, and I will, of course, make sure to put all of those, those links Thank below um, for anyone, any woman really wanting to step into that alignment um, with her deep self, with this, this heroine and bring that forward and express that beautifully into the world. I want to thank you so much um, for your time and your love and your presence today. And I really want to celebrate you and all that you're doing, um, you know, to help women. And I would say others, because, you know, if you're helping women, you're helping men as well, whether even though it may be indirectly, you know, really finding their way back to their truth, to that self-acceptance, awakening that divine feminine in them, that self-love that we spoke about, uh, self-confidence, and of course, self-love. Um, and I have one more question for you, and that is, what is your soulful sound to the world? This, just this desire or self-prayer or desire that you wish upon the world. Yes, yes. My desire is for every woman to give herself permission to love herself and mm. to listen to her inner wisdom and to embrace embodied sensuality as a way of life. Mm. Hear that, hear that women, take that on board. Mm -hmm. And you all know how to reach this wonderful woman, Scarlett Fitzgerald. Thank you so much again for your time and presence Thank you today. So and I can't wait to see how things unfold for you. And I'll definitely have you come back on at some point in the future where we can take this conversation even further. Amazing, looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing, and sound wherever you are.